Hi, you're in the right place. It's the Air That I Breathe podcast, but just a few words from our sponsors. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hi, this is Jody Howen. Welcome to the Air That I Breathe podcast, new series called Life Verses. God's Word is the breath of life, and the more you know it, the more you can learn from it, apply it, and live it. My heart is to encourage you to go out and be disciples of Jesus and live that abundant life promised from God. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is probably one of the most spoken, memorized, relied upon scriptures in the Bible, especially to new believers. It's fun to ask what a believer's favorite scripture is, and this one is usually in the top five. And a lot of times it's young children and teens, and maybe young adults will say, Jeremiah 29, 11. And I think that's so good. But then there's those skeptics out there, you know, those ones that say that it's not really what God was saying to be applied to today's time. I mean, I think it's important that we always understand one important factor of the Bible, that it is God's breathed word to us with stories, parables, examples, direction, hope from the moment You open Genesis to the second you close Revelation. It is his love story to us. It's of people. So every word, every phrase is relevant and has a meaning and a purpose. This particular scripture was spoken through the prophet Jeremiah to the Jews who had been living under the domination of the Egyptian and then Babylonian empires before eventually being carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this was spoken to them through Jeremiah, but it was spoken to Jeremiah through God. And it is a scripture of hope, especially for the tough seasons that we walk through, just like the Jews walked through. I mean, and how can you not relate that to finding hope in a tough season you may be walking through right now? Isn't that the whole point of the Bible? That any historical circumstance or situation can be relevant to today's application when we rely on God. Here are some more of the verses to follow of Jeremiah 29, 11. Verses 12 through 14. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. I mean, today, when we pray, does he not listen? When we look to him wholeheartedly, can we find him? 
because he knows how to find us. And whether it's literal or spiritual, and I don't know about you, but I can tell you there's been times in my life where I felt like I was in captivity and I felt like I had nothing more than two pennies to rub together. And then I have prayed for a spiritual centering alongside of a new job for my husband or a home that we could raise our children in. These things are today's struggles, just like they were struggles over 2,000 years ago. But to apply this spiritually, which is my intent for the show, let's look at it sentence by sentence. So, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Well, not knowing your plan in life can be very, very debilitating. So to trust that God knows the plan, that he is the master of the plan, and will lay it out for you to understand, that's pretty enlightening for my spirit. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I think this one is probably the sentence that people almost depend on for life or death. I think it's important to express that I do believe that this is a spiritual prosperity and a spiritual living. In other words, years ago, and even today, many preached this prosperity gospel. Friends, that is not only dangerous, it is not in line with God. He is not telling you that if you pray hard for that jet plane, he will provide for it. Or if you just give a certain few hundred to thousands of dollars to this ministry, he will repay you with thousands of more to millions. And those will be right in your bank account next week. Let's be real, friends. He's not the God of that kind of prosperity. Now, that doesn't suggest that hard work doesn't pay off. It does. I believe he wants us to have a comfortable life. But what that looks like for everybody? Well, let's just say I'm still figuring that out. But his plan is always to prosper us spiritually so we can depend on him more. Because God is not concerned about our comfort, really. He's more concerned about our character. So the harming, of course, I believe that he meant he's going to put a spirit of protection over the Jews during that time of captivity. And I believe that there is a spirit of safety that we can pray on ourselves and our families. But I think the literal or spiritual definition of what God was saying in this scripture was he wants us to live a life like the fruits of the spirit kind of life. And we should lean on him through it all. Plans to give you hope and a future. I am definitely a testimony girl. And I'm going to share with you right here, right now, a testimony that I can relate very deeply to this very scripture about hope and a future. After the birth of my beautiful oldest daughter, Morgan, who is now 21, I had her young, I got pregnant with my second child about two or three years later. We had been trying, but it just took its time. And so one day I noticed things weren't on track and I decided to take a test and I realized I was in fact pregnant. And I do think it's important to note that I was not following Jesus at this time because it definitely makes a difference now to see how I could have approached things so much more differently. But back to the story. 
it was a terrible pregnancy in terms of how I felt. I mean, I was sick and so, so sick. In the first few days I found out, it was like the nausea started immediately. It was truly an unbearable first trimester. And at that time, my oldest was three, and we were in the process of looking to move back home to Syracuse, New York, from where we were currently living, which is in Albany, New York. And Syracuse, as most of you may know, is my hometown. So there was a lot of stress going on in our lives in general. And I was making many visits to the doctors, and they basically would say nausea is normal and deal with it. But it was about, about four months into the fifth when we needed to make a very, very important visit back home to Syracuse to meet with the builder to talk about our next steps. But at that time, weeks before we were ready to travel, things were getting worse and worse. It was a situation that I can't explain other than now, as I look back, I was going into preterm labor at around 20 weeks. And no one at that time handled it well. I mean, doctors, hospitals, it's a very dark time of my life, but I was never put on bed rest, possibly because it was so early in my pregnancy. But to make a long, long story short, Amidst a lot of terrible side effects, but a a thriving heart, we decided to make that trip back to Syracuse because I so badly just wanted to be back home. But as we traveled in, the pain and the side effects were so bad that it was one night at my mother's home where I looked to my husband and said, I've got to go to the hospital. And I didn't feel comfortable with him calling an ambulance because I didn't think there was enough time. So we got into our car and we raced over to our local hospital, which was about 20 minutes away. And in that time, not only was I in labor, but I had to deliver this baby. And the hospital just couldn't wait. So needless to say, we showed up to the hospital with a live, viable baby on the floor of our Jeep Cherokee. And the medical people came out and did a beautiful job caring for all they could care for. And I just assumed I miscarried. But the doctor came in and told me I hadn't because the baby, she was alive. And she was alive for three hours. So because there was a heartbeat and a life, she was to be considered a life. And with that was a lot of decisions to be made under a very scary, broken heart. So I decided to name her Hope because after that third hour, they told me she would not survive. And 
And I wanted to know in my spirit that God was going to give me another child. So, Hope Howe is in heaven with Jesus. I have pictures. She has a burial site. She's a daughter. And God, God was through this whole situation in ways that at the time I didn't see it or feel it or understand it. But he gifted me with my 16-year-old daughter, Abigail, who is a mini me. And I adore both of my daughters so very much. God is the God of hope. He is the only hope we have on this planet and in life in general. Hope is trust that the outcome will be good. And when he gives us a plan and a purpose, we can trust and hope it is a good one. Because he wants us to have a future so we can share the gospels to those who need to hear it. And I think we can all agree more people need to hear it. So those plans can be reminders that even during the hard times, the complications, the stresses, the heartaches, tomorrow is always a new day. And with that, new hope. So let's pray. Father God, I just, I thank you for your word in scripture. You are the God of hope. And that is what drives me, sustains my spirit through heartache, difficult times, fear, Because you are so, so faithful. So I just want to come to you with a praise report that I am going to lean on your hope for this messy world and praise you in all that the world gives me because I know that you have the ultimate hand to give us that continuous hope and a future. We love you. We cherish you. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about me, Jody Howe, and the Air That I Breathe Ministries, go to my website at jodyhowe.com. That's J-O-D-I-H-O-W-E.com. And also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. You are love, so have an awesome week. Bye.